Hello, welcome to Skies and Currents. Uh, this is our podcast, and I've forgotten the script that I usually follow at the beginning. <laughs> but um, yes, this is the Skies and Currents podcast. Today is Monday, November 27th, and we're going to talk about something. <laughs> we don't know yet. <laughs> we're going to talk about something. Um, <laughs> I feel like there's not a lot going on this week. It's sort of processing in a way, the last couple of days. And um, last night, so it's Monday, Monday, November 27th. And last night we had the big troublesome full moon Mm -hmm. in Gemini. And um, we talked about this in the last episode, but basically it was a full moon in Gemini opposite Mars square to Saturn. So that's essentially a T square. Um, T squares tend to be one of the hardest astrological configurations, basically putting uh, three planets or three sets of planets, in this case, Mars and the sun, the moon, and Saturn, all in a pressure cooker, like in opposition to each other essentially. Um, So basically, it was just a really, really, really difficult full moon. (laughs) And it was coming off of a difficult uh, couple of days where the where Mars was square to Saturn. Um, Mars still is in a loose square with Saturn, but it's he's starting to push past the square by degree. So we're kind of in a way, moving past the most acutely difficult phase of the square. But the square is definitely still sort of happening in the background and kind of will still color the rest of Sagittarius season. So, yeah. I thought yesterday was very nice. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was a good day for it. I don't know. I mean, it was... The week leading up to it, I think, was a little bit more challenging. So it maybe just broke um, yesterday, like the second half of yesterday. And then today feels like much better than the last week has. Um, Like everyone was suddenly regulated again (laughs) after days of just (laughs) amorphous sadness over basic reality. (laughs) well i woke up to several text messages from people being like oh this moon was horrible and i had to you know make a really difficult decision or i cried or nobody could sleep i personally felt like i basically just walked into a trap like (laughs) i feel like i knew that it was going to be a difficult moon And I knew exactly in what way it would be difficult with exactly what people (laughs) and exactly what subject matter. (laughs) And yet I proceeded to just like play out a script that was already written. Um, I don't think. And I remember thinking like. I don't think you can stop that though. You know, it's (laughs) no, I'm serious. It's one of these really big conflicts that I have, excuse me, with my work because 
and I've tried to modify the readings that I do for people over the years so that it's less this, but a lot of people just want to know what's going to happen, right? They just want to know the future. Yeah. And I'm always like, why? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can't. <laughs> you still have to go through it. And it doesn't, knowing it doesn't necessarily mean that you're prepared for it any better. Um, right. You just have to go through it. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think for me, the way it can help is like, it is knowing that something will be difficult can help me just let it go more, you know, yeah, yeah. or have less expectations around it. That's true. Yeah. Or it, and sometimes does feel a little bit validating too, being like, oh, that's right. This is a moment of time that will yeah. be, that will be over. <laughs> but I'm so glad that it wasn't bad for you and that you felt good and you had a good day. Oh, thank you. That is, that makes me happy. Um, I was trying to, I was trying to sort through this actually, because I don't want to always harp on things being difficult or sort of focus in on that solely. Um, and so I was trying to make sense of this like T-square and this pressure cooker that we're in. And I was realizing that it's, it's really specific to the mutable signs. Mm. So the mutable signs are Sagittarius, Pisces, um, Gemini, and Virgo. So if you have a mutable sign, especially on the rising, mm. um, it's probably going to be a more difficult month and window for that, for, for the mutable individual than it is necessarily for a cardinal or fixed sign rising. So you're a Scorpio rising, that's a fixed. So you mm -hmm. have fixed signs on all of your angles. I'm Sagittarius rising. Right. So I have mutable signs on all my angles. So basically this situation between Saturn and Mars that is occurring is sort of bringing all of the key elements of my life and all people who have mutable signs on the rising pulling the key um the most active parts of your life into sort of tension mm -hmm. so it's like your first house is yourself your seventh house is your partner your fourth house is your home your tenth house is your career so basically all of the, the, the when the first fourth seventh and tenth houses get triggered it pulls like everything into review and it just feels like oh every aspect of my life is getting is getting moved around or shifted or pulled into question okay. and it always sucks when you just happen to be in the crosshairs much more acutely yeah do you think it's a good time if you're one of if you're in that position is it a good time to make any decisions or is it a better time to just sort of process it all and then kind of make 
like the hard choices later. I'm just always curious because sometimes it's like you need to make a choice in order to kind of let it break. And other times it's like whatever choice you make, it's just going to be challenging no matter what. So you might as well just write it out until there's better options. Okay, well, okay. So the short answer to your question, I think, is no. It's not a good time to make like big decisions. But I think so. Part of what I was what I was circling around this morning when I was trying to I was trying to think about this week and like what does it what does it really mean? Like what's the deeper, what's the deeper question at play in the skies this week? And I can say, you know, okay, the mutable signs are getting hit really hard right now. So your lives are going to be difficult for the next month or whatever, which I think is true. And not necessarily like difficult in a, you know, life-threatening or like acute way, but just Mm -hmm. feel stuck and stalled and like you can't sort of move forward. But I think the deeper question and the way that it can really, this can get broadened out to encompass everybody, whether you're a mutable, heavy person or not, is by looking at sort of what the mutable signs represent in the Zodiac and what the Saturn, how the Saturn square Mars situation is sort of constricting mutability in general. Mm-hmm. And so mutable signs, they represent our ability to adjust and make changes. So cardinal signs, um, Libra, Libra, Capricorn, uh, Aries, Cancer are cardinal signs. They represent initiation, like beginning something, uh, directionality, like where are you headed in your life? Where are we going? And so they sort of, they set the direction, they initiate, they begin. Fixed signs, um, Aquarius, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, they represent sort of like the long vision of sort of staying on the path and seeing things through. Um, they like to sort of, you know, the Cardinal has picked the direction and mutable wants to just stay on the path and keep doing that thing. Mutable signs, they're in charge of adjusting the path and making changes and um like alterations so they kind of like in a big way are part of the the parts of the zodiac that give us the ability to be flexible um especially sort of like virgo and gemini right those are the mercurial Mm. mutable signs and Virgo is sort of helping us edit the path, you know, 
Virgo's like, oh, like a little bit to the right and like two steps forward and then to the left, like, oh, or, you know, we have the goal, but we have to perfect the method, you know, like they're very sort of the, the, the editors of the path. And then <laughs> Gemini is like, oh, but but look at all these other options. Like we could we could have gone this direction. We could have gone this direction. We could, you know, it, like, let's look at the whole pl- the whole spectrum of possibilities. Um, and then the Jupiter part of mutability, which is Sagittarius and Pisces, they tend to be like, but what does it mean? So mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. how can we make the path meaningful? And Sagittarius, like Sagittarius wants to go on like a side quest and, you know, wants to like take a, a little adventure in this direction and a little adventure in that direction. And, you know, find the hidden treasure on the path. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, this isn't worth doing unless it's fucking fun and meaningful. Right. Pisces is like, how do we include everybody? <laughs> and do this uh, yeah the most compassionate way and um so so what i've been thinking about is like we have we just had this big fucker of a full moon and that was in gemini right that that part of mutability that's like let's look at every possibility that was directly opposite Mars and the sun in Sagittarius, squaring Saturn and Pisces. So all of the mutable signs, especially Gemini, Sag, and Pisces, but also Virgo, because Virgo is opposite Saturn in this scenario, they're all getting constricted. So I think what that sort of tells us is that we are restricted in our ability this Sagittarius season in our ability to make changes. Mm -hmm. And we might see the path that we want to be on. We may have already chosen it. Yeah. But we, for some reason, were constricted in our ability to adjust the things we need to adjust in our life to get what we get on the path we want to be on yeah does that make sense no it does i'm glad you're saying that because that's been a really common theme um in a lot of the conversations i've had and a lot of the advice that i've given is (laughs) probably december is not the time for new things to happen or you know to jump ship on anything or to try to force something to change it's just going to be a time of you know just make it through just get through december um i think that it can be a very clarifying window of time is what i've been seeing like because sometimes when you're in a really difficult feeling circumstance right like when you've got pressure around something or you feel pressure around something and you can't jump away from that pressure by making a physical change it can really clarify like what you really want right it can Hmm. be like this is okay this is definitely not what i want or this is definitely what i want or this is something that i really love and i really care about or this is something that i am not okay with you know um and then the difficulty is that once you have that clarity you won't necessarily be able to 
um, make corresponding adjustments until later. But I still think that that can be like one of the positive outcomes of being in the pressure cooker a little bit is, the, you know, kind of these yeah. deep parts of who you really are being like, this is not. And it's one of these interesting things about um, the pressure of spiritual work that I've seen again mm -hmm. and again, where a lot of people think like, oh, you'll just, things will just get better. And that does happen. But a lot of times what also happens is that the things that are really not right for you just become unbearable. It's become absolutely right. unbearable until you're sort of forced to initiate a change on your own. Um, so I can yeah. see a little bit of that in the next month. So things feeling unbearable might be good, I guess, is the optimistic yeah, so spin I'm trying to make on this. Well, it's sort of like what I hear you saying is we can use the pressure of the situation or the pressure of the moment to gain clarity. And that kind of, I kind of got the image of like, uh, whatever it is that diamonds start out as, you know, oh, coal, coal or something yeah. like that. And then just getting pressured into clarity, you know, mm -hmm. and, Nobody wants to sit in this situation and just wait, um, wait, wait through difficulty. But um, it might be the kind of thing where because the mutable signs are constricted, it will be hard to make small adjustments or to perfect a course of action or to... Um, to, you know, rewrite individual pieces of a story with the hopes of, of bringing the, the same, like bringing the desired outcome to conclusion. Like if you try to make, take too much action this month, it might be the kind of thing where that action blows up the course you're yeah, on yeah, yeah. and then you're, you're forced to just start over as opposed to Waiting like until perfect or yeah. That's kind of what I see too, is that like, if you absolutely must do anything, it's like likely to kind of be a bit explosive and a little bit of like starting from the beginning um, which could be, which isn't necessarily bad in every circumstance, but something to consider. Right. So it's, it's like part of that clarity maybe that we're looking for is like, is this, a <laughs> is this pressure applying to a situation that needs to just completely be rewritten and go away? Or is this pressure applying to a situation that I need to sit on and wait for a better mm -hmm. opportunity to make things better yeah that's kind of and the other thing that I keep seeing is like that you not only will you not be able to make like adjustments this month you also won't be able to like imagine <laughs> what those adjustments could be or should be like that'll be like an additional mm -hmm. barrier is being like okay I can see the problem problem very big problem weighing in on me walls closing around me but I have no 
clarity as to what you know I could possibly do to differently differently to move out of it so I think that that clarity is coming later it's just sink into the clarity about what's not working and then trust that there is clarity about what will work right so it's interesting because now that I'm thinking about it this way okay so the mutable signs we have two mercury mutable signs virgo and gemini and then we have two jupiter mutable signs and the jupiter signs that's where the square is that's the that's where the difficulty is really strongly emanating from the square between mars and saturn so i think that at the heart of the stuckness or at the heart of the pressure cooker is this uh, question about meaning and question about vision and question about where is it going, you know? And so you might be in a situation where you are being forced to really slow down and think about what what do you want the issue at hand to mean in your life? Like, mm. where do you want, like, what do you ultimately want it to be? And even if you can't, like Saturn and Mars are saying, no, right now you can't actually expand into that thing at this moment. But... <laughs> the square, the locking into that position of, of being stuck, it might just be giving you time to think about what is it, what should it ultimately mean? Like what is worth it? You know, Mm -hmm. what's worth going through all of the, um, the adjustments that need to happen. Like if you can't do it right now, um, what do you ultimately, what ultimately would be worth it to you? Like the mm-hmm. end goal, you know? Yeah. So, but I do think that there's um, also a larger story at play here with Mercury because we just had the full moon in Gemini. And so that, what that should part of the reason why I think that full moon was probably a lot really frustrating for a lot of people, especially uh, mutable rising folks is because we want a full moon to feel like a kind of fruition, right? Um, we only get one full moon in each sign every year. Mm. So we want the full moon to feel like that part of our life, in this case, the Gemini part of our life has bloomed into something and we're going to celebrate that blossoming and then we're going to kind of keep going. Um, But when you get a full moon that is in a T-square with both of the malefics, that blossoming is being overshadowed by complications or by um, some sort of restriction. It's not able to come to that opening blossoming moment that we've been hoping for. And so I think that's probably why 
that this kind of a moon feels so disappointing because you feel like a part of your life is ready, but it's not, it's not getting that full fruition. And this moon is corresponding to uh, Mercury entering his shadow, the shadow of his retrograde. And the moon is ruled, that full moon was ruled by Mercury. So we know that this retrograde cycle, um, which we're in the first phase of, is going to correspond to revealing the things that are going to unbind what that full moon was supposed to offer us. So Gemini is one of these situations that I just do not, like, I I don't know what's going on with Gemini. I don't have a lot of Gemini strong people in my life. I don't know where it is in my chart. I can't remember. Like, I don't really have a lot of, (laughs) it's like one of these things. I'm like, I can tell you about some other signs. I can't tell you shit about Gemini. Um, So what would a, what would that usually look like? Like, what is the gift that usually would be like a full moon in Gemini? What would the kind of fruition would that usually be? I know it depends on your chart too, but. Right. So from, okay. So I'm thinking of this very much in terms of like the house that it rules. Okay. Um, so. So it'll really be personal. Yeah, so it'll be personal to everybody. In terms of a Gemini full moon in general, it would be kind of like uh, the fulfillment of your curiosity Uh or um, like sort of a a fullness around a social social fulfillment or a fulfillment of a thought process. Um, it, it would feel like op- like many opportunities like opening up, I think. Um, oh, God. So it's feeling it, so basically you've come off of this like really hazy couple months preceded by a relatively hazy couple years preceded by some <laughs> hazy years before that. And you're feeling like I should have some things figured out by now. And then it was like, no, no, you don't have anything. Figured yeah. out. And in fact, Mercury's well, going it's... retrograde. So even less. Yeah. I mean, I think that part of it is like Gemini's need, like there's, there's an element to Gemini that needs to be able to explore many avenues and it needs to be able to explore in a social setting. So um, you're going to want to feel like connected to a group dynamic or connected to a uh, an intellectual process are connected to the spirit of curiosity. Um, All of those things are going to feel hampered with this moon. But I think even more specifically, if you look at, you know, where it's landing in your chart, that will tell you a lot more. So like, like you um, have Gemini in the eighth house, which is why you don't feel very connected. Part of the reason you don't feel very connected to Gemini, because the eighth house is, um, one of the most hidden houses in our charts. Mm. So it's sort of like it represents like your partner's finances 
and it represents money that you have access to in the world that isn't necessarily yours. It kind of represents mortgages, uh, taxes. Uh, it can represent collaborative projects to a certain extent. Uh, it can represent death, death mm-hmm. and dying. Um, but, you know, for me, for example, like I have it in my seventh house, um, which is partnership, right? So that's like a really active part of my life. Like um, it's like people that you're dating, it's people that you're married to, it's those relationships. Um, So like for me, for example, like the seventh house literally is my partner, you know? Mm -hmm. And like at the moment, my partner Mm -hmm. is completely overwhelmed, you know, in every way. So that's like this very like direct manifestation. Um, But if you had it, for example, in your fourth house, it could be like a relationship with a parent um, coming into some feeling like you're going to come to some resolution and then, you know, another conflict bubbling up or, you know, almost buying a house or moving or Mm, something related to your home situation. And then that sort of fizzling out. Um, it could be if it's in your 10th house, that's related to your career, right? So that would be like feeling like you're could or should be making career movement, but something blocking that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really specific to, it's really specific to each individual, but I think, I do think that this, retrograde of mercury which starts we're already in the shadow phase meaning that it's already crossed over the signs or the degrees that it's going to retrograde so that corresponding with this moon is sort of like right now mercury is crossing over all the degrees that are going to have to get reviewed Um, so you're going to start to see the tension bubbling up. And then he stations retrograde on December 12th. He'll move backwards until January 1st. Okay. Station direct. And then on the 1st, he and Mars kind of together move out of the trouble and start to kind of help us resolve some issues. So this Mercury retrograde really is sort of following along with the other timing that we've talked about in past episodes, where it just looks like December is quite blocked and things start to resolve in January, Um, which is part of why I'm like, oh man, I feel like I don't have that much new, that I don't have very much new to add to the conversation because it feels like the same message over and over and over again. Like December is just kind of, like all the planets from different angles are supporting the same theme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> supporting the same theme. And also the other thing I noticed with with Mercury is like he's moving this this retrograde of Mercury is going to be across sign boundaries. So it's going to start in Capricorn and then it's going to move backward into Sagittarius. So again, this is sort of um 
part of my thinking around focusing in on the meaning of the mutable signs, because when Mercury moves into Capricorn, he's going to he's going to want to initiate something new because that's sort of what happens in Capricorn. He's going to want to like feel like the direction is firm. We're, we're going on, you know, we're starting something or initiating something new, but then he's going to station retrograde and he's going to move back into Sag. So it's sort of like, no, we, we still can't start the new thing because all these adjustments need to be made in our life to make space for what we want. Mm -hmm. But those adjustments are blocked, right? You know, it's just a, it's just a really good month for like reflection, right? Yeah. Just, what do we want? Who do we want to be? What well, I think working? that part of what I was trying to think of is like, how do we like? Okay, the question that keeps coming into my head is how do we make the space to change? Like how do we make the space in our life to shift or uh yeah, to change very basically because one theme that keeps coming up in my life that I kind of see everywhere is, you know, we oftentimes we think we're stuck because we don't have the resources to change. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, if we just had more money, then we could do things differently. Mm -hmm. Or if I just had a different job, I could do things differently. Mm -hmm. Or if I lived in a different place, or if I had more space, or X, Y, and Z. But oftentimes, that's not really true. And having money, having more space, having more resources doesn't actually facilitate the change that you think it's going to make. So what, what is the foundation of it? Like, what, what do we really need to do to be able to change? I think, well, there's several, it's, there's several parts that make it hard. Um, and I think one of them is, uh, like a cultural myth and fixation on ideas and mental processing because a lot of us think have difficulty basically sustaining that momentum into the world and into action because a lot of us exist just in our minds and in ideas and that's just been mm -hmm. supported in a million different ways by our media and by our interactions and by you know so really kind of deciding like you want to make us change and then actually holding on to that thought process long enough to start implementing it um, is one thing that I think is a big barrier for a lot of people. And that's actually, I think, one of the nice things about this month is that <laughs> nice things about this month is that sometimes you gain that momentum when things become just absolutely unbearable and you're like, I have to make a change. You're kind of forced. Ah. Uh. But, yeah. you know, the other thing is that w when you're going to move into any kind of transition, there's going to be a window of time where you're letting go of more than you're gaining. And that's always really scary because you there's no guarantee that what is coming on the other side 
you know, right. is what you want, is going to come in the time frame that you want. Um, even if it's if even if it's going to, like it's coming, there's still that moment of terror, you know, as you're crossing the threshold away from something that even if it wasn't great, it was still solid and familiar and working. Um, and then right. into this new thing, which again is one of the other nice things about this month is that maybe whatever you're going to be moving away from is just you're ready to step into an unknown. You know, it's just so obviously wrong that you're feel ready to make that right. transition with a little bit more like solidity because it's really hard not to look back and it's really hard to be like, no, but I need X, Y, and Z or this was working or this was me or this was something that I uh, invested a lot of time and energy into and um, I don't know it's just it's hard we are very habitual creatures and we sort of relate to the world um, and relate to ourselves through you know patterns and through mm -hmm. habit patterns and so anytime you're going to start to disrupt that um, it's just very scary and it feels very deeply kind of like a personally frightening because it's going to challenge a lot of the other ways that we're relating to reality because it's all kind of woven together um so there's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons people don't change people don't like it <laughs> yeah people really don't like change i mean i've noticed this and i think as I think as a heavily mutable person, I have mutable signs on all my angles. Perhaps I am a little bit more comfortable with yeah. change than most people. But I think the problem with <laughs> the problem that I see with heavily mutable folks like myself um, is that we sometimes are so change focused or adjustment focused that we we're, we're open and flexible that we don't have we don't have the follow through to make a change and then bring it into fruition mm -hmm. we're trying to adjust everything into perfection all the time um as opposed to okay, making a commitment to changing something and then letting that change actually take hold and and letting it root in, you know? It's like change, wanting to change or adjust things becomes its own... Uh, Barrier or like... Yeah, or yeah. yeah, it becomes its own fixation or mm -hmm. justification. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're all you know, going to be dealing with internal obstacles and like it's, and that's one of the reasons that I think astro astrology is helpful is learning to kind of getting a better definition or a better way of relating to the obstacles that we're carrying and not deciding that, oh, I'm not going to try to do that then because it's not my thing, but instead saying like, oh, but I have to do that. And this is an area where I have to work harder. But just right. But based on just knowing you, I'm like, I don't know. You you make a lot of positive changes, and you're pretty. <laughs> you know, you're pretty stable, and <laughs> you know things are going okay. <laughs> um, 
yeah no i know it's i feel like just this is like a difficult a difficult window for us mutable folks i know um but i don't know like i i just have been thinking about that a lot like how do we how do we create the mental space to make real change in our life and I, I, I guess I just think that that is the only thing we can do this month that's actually really quite available to us is shifting the internal space. Yeah. Um, because the external space isn't going to shift. I think one of the things that is helpful is to... Um, like laugh at yourself you know as you're sort of going through like a lot of us most of us if not all of us have a lot of beliefs about what is possible um for ourselves or um the only way or like the ways that certain things are possible for ourselves so i can only be happy and fulfilled if these circumstances occur it's a really big one um but even just like little things like how could i possibly make this work how could i possibly you know it just it all seems very um like we have these very strong ideas about the limits um and so once you sort of start to look at those um acknowledging that you're kind of like ignorant and sort of an idiot and then just laughing at yourself a little bit <laughs> It can be really helpful. Yeah, it's like I just keep thinking that this is a really great mu- month for like trying to step into an imagination space, um, mm. where you're just sort of like, okay, let's just pretend I don't know how anything works. I don't know what the limits to anything in this world are. I don't know how anything could look, and so if I'm just imagining without having all these ideas about how things have to be. Um, and I'm right. simply imagining what is important to me and I'm simply imagining what do I want. Um, then it's just like, you're just going to start creating that, that little wiggle room that you're talking about inside. Um, just kind of being like open to like, okay, I don't know how the world works. I don't know shit. Nothing, you know, like <laughs> things that yeah. the world isn't the way that I think it is and nothing is happening the way that I think it should. And, you know, you can kind of yeah. use these like, bigger trends as evidence you know when you look at the world you're like well obviously i don't know what's going on and i don't know what i should expect and you know and then you can kind of apply that same um unknowing to your own life be like maybe i don't know what's has to happen maybe i don't know what's best for me maybe i don't know what's best for my life and i'm not saying that you can you, you can live in that space forever, you know, because eventually you have forever. Yeah. decisions. But for windows of time, you can start to kind of move into those kind of explorations. Just be like, okay, what is, what could that look like? What could that, what could this look like? If this is what really matters to me, what could this look like? Um, yeah. Well, I like that because that really... I think that's a very good Jupiterian ex- exercise. Um, I think that Mars 
in Sagittarius, the yang sign of Jupiter, squaring Saturn in Pisces, the yin sign of Jupiter. Um, we have a, a dynamic where Mars is trying to push Saturn to restructure something <laughs> um, and Saturn is holding the boundary but in in the signs of Jupiter it's like well Jupiter's trying to bless us and trying to expand different qualities of our life expand the blessings in our life but if we're running up against mental strong fixed mental obstacles about what life has to look like in order to feel good, to be successful, to whatever that is, um, then then we can't receive the blessings, right? Right. So what you're saying is like externally the blessings are limited for a period of time. So let's say four weeks. Yeah. So we have few access, like little access to external blessings for four weeks. So engage in this Jupiterian exercise of like stripping down the in internal structures, the Saturn of the way, the way we think things have to look in our life, the way we think we want the blessings to, to come in and try to imagine all of the different ways that we could be blessed by change. And even if they're, if, even if those blessings challenge what we think we need or want. Yeah. And I think that this is a very good time to do this because I feel like a lot of, there's going to be a lot of opportunity in the following months. And it seems to me like the story that the heavens is telling is that this is a window of time where a lot of the stuff that we're imagining and reflecting on has the potential to become real in the world. Yeah. So it's not just like a, like, I don't think that you can, like I said, you can't really exist like this all the time, <laughs> but yeah. if, you know, this is a really good time just to be like, maybe I could live on a houseboat. You know what I mean? Just really let your imagination run a right. little bit wild, run wild and then and then break down okay what is it that a houseboat what is what what do i imagine that would be what is what are they like is it that i want the freedom to travel is that i want to be closer to nature is it i feel overwhelmed by my current bills do is it because i feel kind of um, inhibited socially where I am? Is it because I want adventure? Is it because I want to feel, um, you know, like I want to be in the water more? Like you can just kind of be like, okay, what, what are the different elements of this fantasy that are the ones that I really am hoping that I would find there? Because again, it's not always going to be like that when you get there. It might just be like, well, this is a shit place and I can't cook because the stove's always moving and I'm seasick, right? But like in the fantasy, <laughs> what are you feeling in the fantasy? And right. those are the elements that you can kind of like, okay, how do we slot these in? How do we find place for these next year? Right, right, right. So it's like, oftentimes we get fixated on the thing we think is going to fix it. Like, mm -hmm. I want to live on a houseboat, but you don't really want to live on a houseboat. You want, you want the freedom. You want to travel. You mm -hmm. want less bills. 
Yeah, right. you, you okay. want to do something interesting and unique and something that doesn't feel as uh, constricting. constricting and optionless as living wherever, you know. So there's just, I think it's, a, yeah, just a really, really nice month for just writing, journaling. What do I want? Who do I want to be? What's really not working? Yeah. You know, what's really, really, really not working? Um what really is working, what do I want to hold on to, and just being like, let's see if we can collage all this together in the coming year. And yeah. I think it's going to be a really good year for that. So, Really good year for the collaging. <laughs> I just described this to somebody like building a bouquet. You know, so don't try to imagine the plant or the tree that's rooted in and it's like one thing. Like try to imagine like if you could just gather all the different things that you really want and put them into like a bouquet um, might be a nice way of thinking about it instead of feeling like because I think the other sometimes it can feel like oh I can't have anything if I can't have it exactly this way right <laughs> yeah that's so true it's like it's sort of like we think that one thing is gonna fix right, like everything else will sort of everything in our life orbit around it and it's hard too because I don't think that our instincts are necessarily off about a lot of this I just I think that the modern world is so strange and so <laughs> it, it is and so yeah. kind of contradictory to the ways that we know things should be that it can be really really hard like I think that part of us getting caught up on this is being like but things shouldn't be things shouldn't you know this should work like this and I, I don't think that's wrong I think a lot of things should work like that but you know they're yeah. just not the moment well okay so this is like <laughs> I don't know if this will be helpful to anybody <laughs> who's listening but just my own personal fucking uh I don't even know therapy session right now is like I I want like everything in my life to fit together. And this is my personal fucking downfall, I think, because like I have a really hard time when like one aspect of my life is sort of like, I, I don't know, like uh, I can't imagine how it will fit harmoniously in with the other aspects. And so I often get, I feel like I get paralyzed because I'm like, I want, I want to do all the parts of my life in this harmonious way where things fit mm -hmm. together. And then I can't figure out how to put them all together. So then I just get frustrated and, and just do nothing. Or I get frustrated and I walk away from something I want because I don't know how to fit it in. Um, and so... I feel like the bouquet thing that you're describing is to me, I'm like, yes, I want <laughs> the bouquet. I want all these different but... things to fit in, right? Um, yeah. Well, and it's hard. This is a, actually kind of an, a, an interesting example of something that I talk a lot about with a lot of people about is that you're really good at this. <laughs> like, you're really, really actually very, very good at this. Like, you're very good at, like, having harmony and creating very harmonious um, social groups and parties and homes and relationships at work that are like, you know, like everything, 
a lot of the things in your life do just kind of harmoniously blend into other parts of your life. So it's not like it's not like this desire is unfulfilled or unreasonable or anything of that of that sort, you know. And so and it it can also be like an additional kind of challenge, right? If it feels like one thing or a couple things aren't coming together with the whole because yeah. everything like because you're like this is just obviously how things should be. This is the nicest way that things are and this works out. You know, <laughs> 85, 90% of the time for me and it's ideal, right? Um, so, you know, I guess it's just about, I'm just trying, I mean, if it, if it wasn't, if this wasn't specific to you, what I would say is that, um, the answer is just to show up as much as you can, because for most of us, we're not going to be able to do this too, like. 25% 25% or you know 23 like we're not going to have the ability to do this to that extent so it's more about like um trying to figure out how to move yourself mentally emotionally physically harmoniously between all the different things that are important to you um and right. you know building some kind of personal resource base as part of that so that you have the ability and the energy and you know, so that you can be emotionally present and all these things and as you move from space to space. Um, but for you, and again, this is why I feel like I'm a lot better at talking to individuals than I am at talking to groups because it's just so dramatically different. You know, like what I would tell uh. everybody in this circumstance <laughs> is not what I'm about to tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah interesting i think i'm the opposite what i'm gonna tell you right now is i think you for like the the issue is going to be about patient because it's almost as though you have Mm. such a strong orientation for this to happen and i don't think that you have to force it i think that it's just you're just sort of like i just see jupiter like with like all these like moons orbiting it and like you're just jupiter and all of these things just kind of get pulled into your orbit and it's lovely as a moon. I just have to say, I am, you know, very thankful to be in your orbit. Um, and a lot of, and I think that a lot oh, of folks you. would agree with me. Um, so I think for you, a lot of it is just about patience, you know, because I think that there's part of you that feels like, oh, I have to make this work. I have to force this into working. Yeah. And I think that it's just going to be some situations are really not going to work and they'll just not really, they'll just kind of fall away at a certain point. But anything that is going to work is just right. going to kind of naturally get sucked into the gravitational pull of your very lovely <laughs> orbit. So, Aww. thanks, Tess. <laughs> but this isn't good. But you know, but everyone's different. Like this is my life. My life is chaos. My life is a like a light, like a lightning storm. <laughs> which I'm again not. Ter- I'm not upset. I'm not disappointed with it. It's very exciting and interesting. Um, but I wouldn't give that same advice to me right because it's not going to be the same it's not going to work that way um right yeah i guess it just it's just very because like to me like i look at people who like compartmentalize everything i'm like how do you what i don't i can't even well no you're just you're how do you live like it's like you're built 
differently from the ground up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I know I see like compartmentalizing people and I'm like, oh, well, shit, they're like really fucking productive <laughs> and like very good at getting things done. And <laughs> they move through a lot and they achieve a lot. And so maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe I'm just completely oriented the wrong way toward life. And I feel like, you know, this is, you know, part of what astrology is good for is it's just like everybody has different strengths, yeah, yeah. you know, Well, and I am a Jupiter ruled person. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, I want everything to cohere. That's one of Jupiter's jobs to expand and cohere. I see Jupiter sort of like as this planet that kind of like bursts out and casts this wide net and then in its retrograde phase it pulls the net together and tries to like fit the pieces like into coherence and maybe that's sort of what you're saying is like for me personally as a jupiter person i cast my net and i try to pull it tight and then fit it into coherence but i just have to like be patient and see what pieces stick and let the pieces that are not gonna be a part of the the story just like flow out of yeah. the net. <laughs> yeah. And it's and I think it's hard because there's part of the net that wants to catch everything. Right. Yeah. And so it just has to be about that's Pisces. Oh, okay. And so you just have to be like, okay, well that wasn't the thing that was gonna come into this. You know? And it's I I, I think we can it's really easy to blame ourselves when things don't work out. Or to try to place blame on somebody else or something. But a lot of times it's just like, no, it just wasn't a good match. The, the fit wasn't right. I mean, it wasn't right. right. This just wasn't, you know, this was just sort of like something that we had the opportunity to pass by. And it wasn't going to be something that was going to be more solid in our life. Um, and I mean that just like with anything, little things, big things, you know, right. most things are just sort of going to slip by us. Um, and then a lot of times the big things that are going to come in similar to Annette are going to take more time, right, to reel in. Right. Um, yeah, we like to take everything so personally. <laughs> we do. <laughs> like every little denial or every little refusal is a personal offense, you know, it's and like a, half the time. It's a slight yeah. from God and the universe and everyone else in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's really interesting being a human being because we have the ability. Sorry. Well, it no, is. it is on for many reasons, but <laughs> you have the you basically you have access to all qualities. You know, so compared mm. to like a dog, right? I love, you know, and this is not a dig against dogs at all. Dogs are so wonderful. But like you think about like the best dog in the world. That's amazing, right? He's like saving children and, you know, has like this amazing sense of smell and does performs jobs. And, you know, it's like the best, the greatest of all dogs, right? It's amazing. And we're all impressed and we all love this dog and we're all, you know, deeply emotionally invested. But then and then you think about like the worst dog in the world. It's kind of an asshole. It's got some problems, you know 
doesn't have the bathroom thing sorted out, can't eat anything. It's like this dog's just a disaster, maybe bites people. But like the dog is not, the best dog in the world and the worst dog in the world are not even close to like what people are capable of, right? So that's like my example of like how many different qualities human beings have access to and can embody. Um, But we all have these really strong orientations towards certain qualities. And you mm-hmm. can see those through a lot of different systems. I mean, astrology is one system, but there's a lot of different systems of identifying patterns in people and trying to categorize us and divide us up into different groups, which I think is helpful as long as you understand that it's not like real. It's just a yeah. pattern identifying a system. system. Um, but... So, yeah, so it's really easy to be like, oh, I could be a compartmentalized person because you probably could force yourself to be. Right. But you don't have to. And it would not yeah. be as pleasant of an existence for you as someone who is naturally oriented that way. Yeah, so... I mean, I guess part of the game, people ask me all the time as an astrologer, like, what's the point of astrology? (laughs) Are we supposed to, (laughs) are we supposed to identify what our traits are so that we can like, just know that that's what they are and how it's always going to be and lean into that reality? Or are we identifying our traits so that we can resolve them and sort of become better people overcome our difficulties, et cetera, et cetera. And that's always a hard question for me to answer because I actually think it's both. Um, And, you know, part of the challenge of being alive, right, (laughs) is that we don't really have time in one lifetime to resolve all of our patterns. I mean, some people do, right? Like, I mean, I guess the yoga, the yogis do it and the enlightened Buddhas do it and all like of this. three every two billion um, people are getting it done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they've probably been working on those, those processes for many, 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 many lifetimes, yeah. right? But most of us like are never gonna become the Buddha in this lifetime, um, no matter how hard we try. So it's got to be a game of like looking at all of the patterns and qualities that we have with some sort of neutrality and saying, these ones I, I kind of like and enjoy and can lean into and I'm going to keep around. And these ones are causing all sorts of problems in my life and I should probably try to fix them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, culturally, we have these hard associations where, you know, some patterns get demonized during periods of, you know, social during different social periods. And then we think those ones are bad. And these ones are good. Mm -hmm. And that starts to clouds and maybe they are, you know, bad or good. But sometimes they're not. Yeah, sometimes it's just just a a social... social preference, right? Yeah, I mean, if if we're in a culture that prioritizes productivity and financial success in a capitalist system, mm-hmm. like, 
being compartmentalized and being able to be really task oriented and move through a lot of move through a lot quickly is going to be socially more prized, right? Um, That's just one example because that's what we were just talking about. But, you know, that's, I feel like that is part of what this Libra, you know, Venus Libra um, K2 conjunction that we keep talking Mm -hmm. about is about, is which is, by the way, that's happening tomorrow. Venus is conjunction to K2. Right. So we've talked about this ad nauseum, but, you know, that conjunction really represents in a lot of ways, if we distill it down, letting go of certain qualities that the culture has identified as the most harmonious qualities for our current, like the most, you know, social arrangement. The most safest, the most valid, the most good the most superior the you know like all these things right so so we're letting go so 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 a task is to look at look at our own qualities and look at our own patterns but try not to let the culture color your thinking about it too much like do you enjoy being someone who tries to pull all the pieces of your life into coherence against all logical (laughs) (laughs) all logical restrictions are you kind of person who enjoys you know attacking um problems in a compartmentalized way are you the kind of person who likes to be you know work out most things on your own do you like to work out problems in groups like do you you know what are the patterns and what do you how do you enjoy existing <laughs> you know like what's what's bringing you peace and what's what's not you know like looking at things in a more neutral looking at yourself in a more neutral way with less judgment yeah, i guess and less consideration for what will be considered um positive or negative from society right like like yeah. less of that push or pull like and then i'll feel this way or then i'll have this and then, you know or like from from people and from the outside um because it's interesting because i think a lot of people will pendulum the other direction will it be like it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks i'm just gonna be with myself <laughs> and it's like that's but be- maybe it's better but it's still you're still using the other people as the focal point right. instead of it's, it you're organizing yourself in opposition mm-hmm. instead of in yeah yeah so, interesting i think it's good i mean i'm excited i'm so excited oh my god this month's gonna be great next year's gonna be great be amazing <laughs> my chaos orientation is like yes disintegrate everything disintegrate it all <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're you're like oriented toward chaos, but also toward austerities yeah. at the same yeah. time. So you're like, oh, I love it when things are hard. I do. It's like my jam. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well. Yeah. This. Okay. So this 
Libra K2 conjunction is happening tomorrow. Um, in the world, that might not be the greatest conjunction. Um, right. Because it's sort of like, oh, you know what? Actually, let me just look at when it actually, like the conjunct the south node. Okay. Um, so the actual conjunction by degree is happening early Wednesday morning. Um, but it's going to start firing up tomorrow. Um, and it could mean a million different things in each of our lives. Um, I think most primarily it's that trying to look at your qualities and look at your life with more neutrality and, and kind of stop judging yourself by arbitrary social standards um, all within this, well, all within the context of the larger conversation we've been having, which is uh, trying to let go of like fixed strict ideas about how things have to look in our life in order to open up more possibilities um, for next year when when the skies start getting positive again. Um, but in the world, this Venus K2 conjunction might look more negative. Um, might just look like discord, yeah. you know, kind of disharmony. Like breaking down of nice things and social order things. Yeah. Um, but it's not necessarily for the worse is right. the thing. It's like, it's a kind of discord that we have to go through to get to a better script. Right. You know, it um, might be a window. I don't know if this, if you can see this in the skies, but it also might be like revealing things that we thought were nice at, to be oh, not yeah. that. Yeah. It, it could be especially Venusian figures, um, like actors, famous people, politicians. Uh, this sort of K2 conjunction could bring up sort of scandals or like loss of reputation <laughs> for those people. Um, and yeah, but last episode, I think we, we talked about it as recalibrating the scales. Um so this is sort of the, this has been ongoing, but tomorrow we go through <laughs> the portal of fire, <laughs> the actual sort of like um, heart of that, that configuration. Um, and then on Friday, December 1st, Mercury dips into Capricorn, which I think um will feel good and make the weekend uh friday saturday sunday feel a little brighter mm-hmm. um i think mercury in capricorn isn't the most like it's not the most excitable happy mercury necessarily but it is going to be more clear than mercury and sag with with mars and the sun um but we only get well we get 12 days 
of Mercury in Capricorn before he stations direct or before he stations retrograde. And then he's going to move back into, (laughs) into the conflict um, in Sagittarius. But I think, I actually think this weekend, um, I'm like looking at the chart really quick, but I think, I think Mercury's ingress on Friday into Capricorn might bring a little bit of mental relief. Um, and then hopefully the weekend will feel a little bit more free than the rest of the week has mm-hmm. felt. Um, and then Venus, Venus moves into Scorpio next Wednesday. So I, <laughs> Venus and Scorpio... <laughs> Tess is making a face. I'm much more um, excited about Venus and Venus. K2. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Venus and Scorpio, that's, uh, you know, not a happy sign for Venus. It's just sort of on par with what we've been saying about December. Like, just difficult to access pleasure, difficult to access blessings. Um, Venus and Scorpio has an important job to play. You know, she goes sort of more into the depths and, like, looks at the parts of our life that are hidden and um, wants us to think more deeply about the nature of pleasure, the nature of what makes us happy. And um, yeah, she's more interested in, in, in the hard things, um, which is just totally on par with what we've been saying. Like this is just a month for reflection, a month for figuring out what you really want and a month for loosening up your expectations and for looking at parts of yourself that you've closed off or shunned because they weren't considered, you know, socially optimal, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. If you like writing, I think a December 2023 journal might be just a really Mm. lovely thing to incorporate this month because that way, if you feel like I have to make a change, this isn't working, I don't like this, or I really want this, um, and you still can't pursue it, you can just write it down, just get it down and have it ready to go later. Um, might make the whole thing a little bit easier. Yeah, I think we should maybe, I think it would be interesting or helpful or fun maybe if we came up with some prompts for folks sure. to write about i know that this is i can't i can't think of the right way to say this because i think that it's not entirely correct but i keep thinking like if you're gonna get conspiratorial about your own <laughs> life right now you know <laughs> like get the collage up get the weird red thread and the push pin and start <laughs> but it's like, you want us to make um serial murderer like uh investigation not, but, collages but not, on but our not wall really, because there's always like the implication of that is that you're always like a little bit disconnected to it and like emotionally unhinged to a degree that i don't think is actually going to be helpful at this point but <laughs> but yeah just this kind of you know like big exploration of who have I been who do I want to be what do I really enjoy doing what do I really enjoy spending my time doing what do I really want what are the things that I believe that are not 
that make me feel like I can't have those things? What are the ways that I imagine this can look? What are the things that are currently happening that make me feel like they I can't have what this is? Like, what are the things that feel like impossible barriers? Um, and then I guess the conspiratorial element of that would be just the outlandish thinking <laughs> that, like, <laughs> that you yeah. know, I'm saying that you can employ a little bit of this month to be like, well, what if this? And what if this? And what if this? And yeah. what if this? Well, I don't know. I think there's like a deeper conspiratorial element, which is what are the ways that your mental process is holding sure. you back? Yeah. Like if your conspiracy against yourself. Yeah, your, your conspiracy right? against because... your own mind. Maybe I believe this because, yeah. you know. And yeah. you can't get too, yeah, again, what... like all conspiracies, you can't get too sucked in because it will be a problem, even with your own mind. <laughs> <laughs> But this, you can only do this in you December. Pray, in January, yeah. in, you have in, to emerge. In, in January, you got to pack it up. You got to leave the abandoned, you know, shed, and get rid of all the papers. No more. In January, it's all about planning. Yeah. Yeah, making moves, making moves in January. I mean, you are a Venus in Scorpio. I know native, that's why I'm concerned. So... I'm like, oh no, is that going to be? Will I be cozy there, or will it just be like hit me really hard? No, I think you'll oh, be cozy. Okay. I think you'll be, I think you're just like the person who, like in the beginning when you're like, well, I thought yesterday wasn't nice. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. always, you always have a bet, like a good experience from the astrology, not always, but you often have good or productive experiences when astrology is difficult. And I think that's because your orientation to austerity is strong. Yeah. So you kind of, like to take advantage of difficult things as opposed well, to... Well, we did a Yamaraj meditation the day before the full moon, um, which is like eight, you know, if like eighth house is death and Yamaraj is the Lord of right. death. So, yeah. I miss that meditation. That was so sad. How was that? That's always great. I don't know. I know it makes me sound very macabre, but it's just, it's very joyful. <laughs> like it's very, like I always see it kind of like everything arising all at once and so it's like this full process of like growth blooming it's i I almost always see it like flowers blooming and then decaying and then falling back into the soil and then seeds sprouting again just like constantly like for everyone involved like it's just this constant and then eventually it just kind of cycles and then like clicks into like a the present moment and then moves us Mm -hmm. into like a course that makes that feels right and feels kind of solid and feels good. So it's it's always very like rebirth, joyful, spring, feeling solid about your purpose. And again, I don't think anyone has one purpose, but solid about whatever current yeah. trajectory is. Um, yeah, big fan, big fan of Yamaraj. I was saying that I wish I could do it every month, but I don't think that it would be as productive if we tried to do it that often. Cause like you keep saying, there's just not enough time to actually make so many changes so we can only really do it once a year but right yeah interesting it's almost like yamraj is the perfect person the perfect entity as a lord of death the perfect entry entity to bring into this difficult mutability season because he's gonna help us let go of the patterns and past situations that 
are holding us back from clicking into place or making changes. Mm -hmm. So if we can't make any, we can't actively make the changes now, we can let go of the stuff that's holding us back from making those changes. And I think there's something very positive about coming into contact with like actual limitations, you know, like the actual limitation of our life and our body and our energy um, because those Mm -hmm. are very clear boundaries that can help us clarify our path. Like a lot of people, we don't like to think about them, right? Like we don't want to feel limited or like anything bad is going to happen. But if you kind of move into those places, it actually becomes like, oh, it's a lot easier to appreciate things as they are. And then it's a lot easier right. to imagine how things could be. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about this in the context of art and storytelling, right? Because there are rules and limits. You know, you can't have, like a story can't be like the way little kids play, right? And even little kids don't play like this, right? right? They always, one kid will come up with some outlandish thing and another kid will say like, no, that doesn't make sense in the context of the game and it's not going to it's going to ruin the whole game or, okay, we have to readjust the game in order to bring in this new element. But in the context of like a story, you have to have these sort of like guideposts and limitations to make the story rich and to make it believable and to make it, give it depth. Um, And so it's the same with, I feel like the Amaraz just does that for our life a little bit. just says like, this is where the depth depth is at. Go toward that. it's on, I think I included you, but it's also on, it's recorded, so you can watch it too. Yeah. Yeah, that's the cool thing about Tessa's meditations is that she records them all. So if you want to have access to them afterward, like all of the sort of, I don't know how it works, but I know that it <laughs> does work. <laughs> all of the like power and the sort of like, um, I don't know. It's the the energy of that meditation is like kind of trapped in this video and you can watch it and you can kind of like can pull you back into the, the moment that the meditation was happening. I can't explain it. It doesn't make any sense to me, but I know that it works because I've been using your recordings for a long time, but I don't know that I know how it works either. If I'm being honest, I'm like, like, I gotta explain. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how it works, but I know that it is still there and present. Um, I think yeah. sometimes it can be better live, especially because I'm working. Like I'm working the whole time, you know, on individuals, and a lot of times I'm doing yeah. the same stuff for everybody. But there are sometimes where it's like, uh, I can see that there's like an obstacle that I can just entang- untangle in the moment. But yeah, the the recorded ones seem to be. They seem to be working so far. So, <laughs> well, okay. But when you sit with you sit with a group on Zoom or live in meditation, and you're meditating on Yamaraj, and you're helping people move through obstacles related to their relationship with death and boundaries and the context that they're working with. So, how does that work for you? Like, you will see an individual has a specific obstacle and you'll kind of try to blow, help them blow through that? Uh, It depends on the size of the group. 
I'm sorry. Usually, sorry, I keep knocking my microphone today. Um, usually I, uh, like usually it's a small enough group that I can really spend a lot of time with everyone individually, but I'm also like I split apart into as many people as there are there. Yeah. And so there is part of me individually working on everybody else individually. And I've been doing this kind of work for, um, how many, 15 years now. Um, so yeah. it, there are like very strong patterns or like things that I do in a systematic way that, I can just do to everybody, but then every once in a while, um, if I'm spending time on people individually and seeing a lot of their individual material, because I, there's just a small group and there's a long enough meditation, um, I'm almost always going to find like, oh, we can just adjust this, adjust this, adjust this. And then if it's a really big group, a lot of times my attention will just be drawn to like an individual person mm -hmm. that I might not even know who they are, but I'll just see it as, um, like a like a tangle of some kind and yeah. so i see things both structurally on the subtle planes like i can see your subtle body and i can see the like the different parts of it inside and i can see what they're doing and i can see where there's like tangles or blocks or whatever but then i can also see things right. um metaphorically mm. or as like a story right. so i can see people and kind of like fantastical fantasy imagery and you know all these other things so when i'm working on people i'll usually see a combination of both and then when it's a really big group i almost always just see things structurally because it's just and then i just work on things from that perspective until the tangles are right so you're focusing on a certain area of life and then you'll see basically just structural obstacles in that area and just sort of clear yeah, them out and just kind of the yeah, so someone will, and I do that with, and I do that for everybody that's there, just from the um, orientation that the theme of the meditation is on. Um, but right. yeah, but every once in a while, um, it'll be like, oh, this person's got some other, like, additional material blocking this this subject, yeah. and just get a little I mean it's also fast now too that it's not like I just don't want to make anyone feel like anyone's missing out like everybody gets like the, the hour-long meditations I'm doing feel like four hours for me like I can get a lot of stuff done um that's so bad yeah everyone gets individual attention and then sometimes they get more individual attention <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I was sad to miss that one, but I'll go back and revisit it. Um, I think I do. I think I do need some help from Yamaraj this month. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's just so great. It's just, I don't know. Once <laughs> it just, life is just such a gift. Um, and it can be really easy to forget that because it's also so hard. And because the life that we're living in the modern world is so ridiculously like obstacle laden for what feels yeah. like no real mean re like reason right and so it can be really easy to feel like frustrated and undervalued but if you just sort of start to break it down into like those really basic elements of i 
get to exist and I have a body and I enjoy certain things and I have this limited presence right. here in this moment as this thing. It just, it's like, oh, this is lovely. This is a gift. <laughs> I feel like you've had a relationship with Yamaraj for a long time. Like, how did you, how did that start? Oh, I can't remember anything, Christine. You probably, I need you, you and Jeffrey <laughs> remember everything for me. So either you or he knows. I don't know. Um, I think, I, I think don't it know. was, I remember doing the first group meditation like five years ago for Yamaraj, but I probably had been doing practices before that. And I'm guessing it kind of sprung out of my, the practices I started. I started doing Ritunjaya when I was pregnant with my son, who's um, eight now. So that would have been about almost nine years ago I started doing Ritunjaya, who is Shiva who overcomes the fear of death. And then I'm gonna right. just i again i don't remember but i'm gonna guess that my in, you know interest in yamaraj kind of sprung out of that that practice it's sort of a natural progression mm -hmm. from shiva who overcomes yeah death the fear of death to yeah, yamaraj to directly the lord of and death. i don't do a ton of yamaraj stuff like it's not my main practice right now at all but it's just something that is really nice to do once a year or if the planet's are really strongly orienting toward that theme because then it's a way to yeah. kind of directly engage with with that in a productive way. Yeah. Well, I appreciate being able to benefit from your relationships with the devas. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming. And, um, and thank you for being willing to do all the changing that comes with it. <laughs> Yeah, that part kind of sucks sometimes, but <laughs> once you get through the change, it feels good and is better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like I don't have much more to say about this week, um, but I think I'm happy with where this conversation went because I hopefully it will be like helpful in specific ways for folks. And I think we should write like some December writing prompts because I think they could be helpful to people. Yeah, it's funny. I was actually just about to do that right before I jumped on this call with you for somebody else. Yeah. Oh, well, there well, we go. It <laughs> really worked out. Perfect. All right, Tess, I think I have to go, but I love you. Thank you for talking to me. Thanks to everybody for listening. Um, my website is um, www.skiesofgrace.com and uh, Tess's is intercurrents.com. You can find out more information about our work at our respective websites. And then, of course, like we've mentioned, we're also going to do year ahead readings together which are available for purchase um, at Intercurrents on in the shop, and um, yeah, I I think that we're getting through one more big obstacle, and then we're gonna be looking at a very positive year ahead. So it's a good year to get year ahead readings, I think, yeah, for a lot of folks. If I'm being totally honest, I don't think we would choose to offer them if if we didn't think that. <laughs> 
Like if we looked at next year, we were yeah. like, oh, this is going to be bad. We probably would not have opted to um, push it. Yeah. But I do think it's going to be really nice, really nice um, for most yeah. people. So, yeah. I love you so much. Thank you. I love you too. Yeah. Okay. Bye, Taz.